0: And we are back, Simon. Yo. (laughs) With a new scintillating
1: episode. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Flabbergasting.
0: I like that. With a new flabbergasting episode today. And I'm not going to tell you which day is today because I have a very bad habit of releasing episodes in very distinct times of the month. But you know Mm. what, actually, it's a method to my madness, because I was looking at the um, dates of when I released and I always release in the beginning of the month in the middle of the month. So without knowing, I have a cadence of releasing episodes. It's the
1: things fall naturally into rhythm.
0: Exactly. But we all planned it very minutiously. Actually, yes, everything is everything. We have a very organized way of doing this.
1: We do. We do. Everything. We have an army of people working on this.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so how are you? I'm What's going good. On? I'm good. I, I you know, I, I got some feedback that we're chatting too much, so I'm planning to chat yes. a lot today. We have, to,
1: we have to chat a lot now.
0: Let's make the smallest small talk. Yes. I'm good, I'm good, Simo, I have to go to the dentist, but Julian just messaged me to tell me why am I going to the dentist, because, uh, so today is Wednesday, and on Friday I have to fly to Copenhagen for Major Camp Copenhagen, and apparently if you extract your tooth, you have to wait for some time before you fly again, so I guess I have to cancel my dentist appointment, because my priorities yeah, are
1: wow. Yeah, wow. You
0: heard that, Steen Rasmussen? You heard that, Yomar? <laughs>
1: So, I've never heard. Like I, I didn't know that. I did not know that. I, I, no I, I know that you, you have to be careful, like in general after surgery. But I guess that maybe it's because it's. Is it the cabin pressure or just it's the dry air or something that
0: That's what it interferes says. with the
1: blood blood clotting or something?
0: So I'm actually googling it right now, and it says if you're applying to fly after your tooth extraction, it's best to wait at least two days or more before boarding a plane. Why? 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 Because the changes in altitude and air pressure can cause you to have an unpleasant and uncomfortable experience in the dry socket. I don't even know what a dry socket is, but
1: oh, dry socket is nasty. It's when, uh, like when you have a when the tooth is extracted and the blood doesn't clot properly. Like it it oh. it, it doesn't it basically just doesn't heal. But it's a, it's a I've uh, um I know some I know that my parents have had
0: oh, tooth no. extractions
1: and so they know about it.
0: Well, I guess I'm not gonna go to the dentist because. Yeah. I would piss off way too many people.
1: <laughs> but now you're gonna piss off your dentist. Uh, he's That's fine. the last person in the world you want to piss off, by the way.
0: Yeah, I, it's 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 it's, uh, it's what actually. It if,
1: if if the dentist is anything like me with their work, I think they'll they'll be happy that they don't have to have to work exactly. To I love when
0: <laughs> I love when people cancel on me.
1: Yeah, for sure, it's the best. oh my
0: god, it's the best exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I especially when I have to go out of the house and it's like, oh, let's go yeah. and have some coffee, and then last minute, I love it. It's like, hey, yeah, I'm me so too. sorry, I cannot make it.
1: I'm like, yeah, it's really well, good for the antisocial types, and also like, <laughs> so, so canceling is best than postponing like at least two weeks, so it's out of mind. That's the second best, third best is postponing it to tomorrow or something, then you have at least a little breather, yeah. But yeah, canceling is the best. So, so, f- my friends, if you ever uh <laughs> book something with any, either one of us, please don't hesitate to cancel, like, we're cool, <laughs> <laughs> we're cool with that, and we'll get, we'll get our day off.
0: Oh thanks to God. that yeah i love a good canceling yeah, good uh, cancel
1: is just the best it's like cancel culture but but in the in the way that it's supposed to be
0: yeah also. Yeah. Awesome. but how about you what have you been up to with oh it's been
1: such a busy time so a lot of stuff going on in the google world so i've had a lot of content to write and and things to yes. test out with and um and then we're maybe even today which we will not divulge what date it is but maybe even today we'll be releasing the new version of our website so that's been keeping us really really busy uh, trying to get everything to work it's going to be a really nice <clears throat> nice redesign and hopefully we'll make it easier to both use simmer and to and to buy our courses but just so rid- ridiculously busy
0: i'm excited that you're uh you've been talking about it for a few episodes so uh yeah really looking forward to it and then as you promised that technical marketing one-on-one course oh
1: that's not coming no no no, uh, no, no. that's gonna take a couple of months at least yeah it, it's getting more and more ambitious every day so we're like um yeah i'm, I'm writing the content now and i it just yeah it's, it's turning into a big thing after all but it's still gonna be free but it's just turning into a big thing it, it's i want to do it re- we want to do it really really well and so we're, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna compromise the re, re, relaunch of the site with that. But I'm all, I also started working on a rewrite of the server side tagging course. So I've shot most of the videos now. It's going to be about fifty percent completely new stuff, and then everything else has been reorganized. And I've of course have to reshoot everything to work in the with our new audio and video quality stuff. So just you know, it's it's I'm really busy, but it's it's good busy. It's not like um, doing stuff that I hate, <laughs> so it's it's good busy
0: but uh, tell me more about uh, the what you posted yesterday about google tag manager
1: yeah so an interesting little addition to server-side gtm was the addition of regular expressions so for anybody who uses javascript regex is of course comes part of the package except we don't have it in in web templates but that's another discussion but in server-side gtm regex has to be like deployed into the server software itself so they're using re2 which is this regex flavor that google uses most often in, when almost wherever they use regex and so now we have new template apis for actually building regular expressions with which means that for example some of the key features of service Side like gtm has been to sanitize parameters for example you want to remove sensitive information you want to look for certain patterns and remove them and before it was really difficult to do because we couldn't run regular expression checks regular expressions are really good for picking up patterns in text so if we wanted to, for example, search for an email address in our page location because we want to prevent Google from receiving that because that's against their terms of service, um, we would have to write a very complicated search function in, in template JavaScript. But now that we have regex, we just write a pattern using a regular expression and it will, it will kind of flag all the instances where email addresses are found. So it's just a very welcome addition. The reason the reason why it's so restricted so why why it's built into an api rather than as a native method and the reason we don't have it in web container templates yet is because regular expressions have this catastrophic cascading feature where if you write them in uh in a suboptimal way the performance cost can be quadratic so it basically means that it turns into a very exponentially more and more complex the longer the sentence you're looking for, especially if you're using these so-called uh, zero-length assertions, which are like look aheads and look behind. So you're you're determining a pattern based on what it's surrounded by, and for every character that the pattern goes through, it has to do the same calculation. What am I surrounded by? What am I surrounded by? It's like writing a, a, a SQL query, where for every single item, you do complicated window functions. And the larger the window, it gets more and more complicated. So that was a very geeky walkthrough of what was released. But that's the reason we don't have free access to regular expressions in custom templates. They want to prevent you from killing your server software by writing regular expression patterns that uh, cascade into um, just such big performance cost that your computation uh, requirements are killed. It's, it's an extreme example, but it, the fact that it's doable is why they want to um, template these things so that they can Google can restrict what can be done with with regex in those servers.
0: And I saw everyone is very happy about this because I saw your post on LinkedIn and everyone was like, "Yay!"
1: Well, I don't know how much of that is to happy happy about the feature or just happy that GTM is releasing new stuff. I think that's that's a big part of it. Um, i mean
0: i've seen a lot of questions lately about the gtm roadmap as you probably noticed them too in the forums and i i haven't seen one of those yet i hope i would see a gtm roadmap
1: i don't think there is such a thing i have like i i know that even partners we don't have one we like we have we have access to you know whenever they have new alpha features they come for testing i did see someone posting that in their opinion gtm is abandoned where at this point and I, i'm just kind of giddy inside because i know that there's so much cool stuff coming that i i can't talk about but it's just fun to see how they how they will be positively surprised hopefully in the in the coming weeks
0: yeah i'm super excited to see more more on yeah. that i i also got very close to something as cool because i i don't understand half of the stuff you just said earlier but it's I tried to look smart, but uh the, the closest I got to something mm. like that is when Julian showed me how to use splice. Oh yeah. I was like, Oh shit, this is it. I was like, this is like querying, but in JavaScript and I was yeah. using I was like, Yeah, this is cool. Uh, yeah,
1: array methods are the best.
0: Yeah, I was excited about that. That's the closest I got. But now these days, yeah, I'm struggling with other things. Your GA4 article also very well received. It went semi-viral. I think it was viral on LinkedIn. It yeah, was, that like,
1: was kind of weird. Uh, right. it was. Um, well, I told you this. That the, the the. So let me just lay 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 lay, lay, it, lay out what lay happened. Um, <laughs> so I have been. Of course, like everybody else in this industry and especially anybody else working with GEA, I have been thinking about GEA for, for a long time, um, trying to figure out what it is and, and how it works with the kind of problems and use cases that we have in our daily jobs. And one of the reasons I've decided not to build any course content around GEA for, well, there's a lot of good competition like Krista and Julius are putting out and, and Jeff are putting out amazing courses. So I don't want to compete with that even. But also that I don't, want to create content that I would have to redo every two weeks because it's a, it's a work in progress. And so I, um, I have this thing where since I started the blog over 10 years ago, I've never missed (laughs) a single month of releasing an article. And so now that I'm so busy these days, I have a notification on the 30 on the last day of each month that write something. And so I started writing this. It, it, I wrote it maybe in 30 minutes. Um, and, just a brain dump of what I think GA4 is, is. What I think the core problem of GA4 is, which spoiler alert, it's not the f- missing features, it's the lack of community around it. And um, and so yeah, it was it was a filler article. And so I'm I'm kind of you know I I don't know if I'm happy that it got attention. I'm just fun to see how people react to it. And kind of boils down to some people really piling their hate on GA4, which I certainly didn't intend. The article to inspire but you know you do you uh some people are peddling their wares of course it's i'm kind of happy that it didn't become like a, uh stop using ga and use this instead because that's a completely different discussion again
0: i saw one of those yeah
1: i saw one as well and i hopefully they it was
0: so like yeah it was I, it was
1: I, I did i didn't I, that was that again brought to I me think
0: we're talking about the same one yeah
1: it, yeah it reminded me again why linkedin is so often such a cesspool
0: um, you know how hard it was for me yeah. not to comment on that?
1: Yeah. well, I, I said, it's well, the, not the, my
0: fight. I told myself. Yeah, but not the, the good part. thing
1: was that the comment was so condescending that I think that it it, not, it didn't require any additional elaboration. It was obvious there and then that it was not a good comment. Well, hopefully they learned their lesson and be more civil in the future. So anyway, it's, the article is out and it's got a good traction um, for whatever purpose that traction might have. I guess it was just a way for people to relate to uh, one yet one more perspective about GA4. I haven't seen many others talking about the lack of community, but I don't know. Yeah, I know nobody that it's a, does. But I know that it's a it's a sore spot for many. I think we would be in a very different place if we had uh, a more immediate access from the GA4 developers and engineers and product owners and product managers yeah. to com- interact with the community. It, it doesn't mean that it would be like you know, you're you're using GA4 and you find a bug and you're like, hey, Jack, or whatever the product manager is, uh, please fix this. And they'll be, sure, Julian, I'll fix it right away. That's (laughs) what I mean with community. What I mean is that, hey, could we maybe brainstorm a little, like, what is this feature best used for? Um, Could you maybe give us some ideas about the roadmap and and maybe get some feedback loops going on? Because now the feedback loops are only with partners and enterprise customers who get, like, first dibs. So... But the but the wider community of users is, the, is the, I think, as with Universal Analytics, that's where the kind of breaking developments will happen with the long tail of free users rather and than they the had big people spenders. people like
0: Krista that were, you know, trailblazing and helping people and doing yeah, content. I mean, for she's sure. still doing content for GA4, but she's one person, you know, like she cannot do the same thing. And uh, that's yeah. what they need, you know, like people that go and spread the word and teach others and all. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's I, it's it's a total lack, and I feel like right now everyone is just trying to push their agendas, as, as you know, yeah. and it's, it's it's sad.
1: It is. It's it's not a pleasant. Like right now, it's it's uh, we're gonna have to stand this for a, well, maybe for over a year, because I think this fact that UA is deprecating isn't a, isn't such a you know we'll still have access to it. Yeah. As long as we have access to it, it's, it's going to be difficult to leave it behind. We'll always be comparing. So I think we're going to have to suffer from this um, for a, another thirteen months of this
0: Until just limbo.
1: Yeah, where, down, where yeah, where companies don't know what to do next, and, and vendors are aggressively pushing their stuff, and and that's fine. Like I, I understand how the sales machine works. If I were a vendor, I would also be building a strategy around GA4 yeah. deprecation, but or Universal Analytics deprecation.
0: Yeah,
1: but. I think there's a there's a difference between joining in good faith discussions and trying to push your agendas like you said everybody has an agenda here, and that's like really just doesn't evoke any sympathies from me at least and i'm I'm happy to call them out if they do so but
0: yeah, no, but it's super annoying that's why I've been doing all those urchin posts do, yeah. <laughs> you, do you know how many people thought i was i was uh, like serious with that I was shocked
1: it's a, it's 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 not an absurd idea. Like it's a it's a fully functional analytics tool and, and for, for all whatever it whatever flaws it might have, it collects data and it builds reports. I think for the ninety nine percent of analytics users, that's enough.
0: And I bought the new Apple uh, VR set to do to see that would my charts. Be so
1: cool. Like to be able to see charts and cookie pop-ups. Like that's that's the future. That's twenty thirty right there. <laughs>
0: I, I i tweeted about this that my son is my son's birthday next week he's turning 12 and i asked him like what do you want for your birthday and he was like i want a oculus quest 2 i want an oculus quest 2 i'm like hell no that's expensive i said let's go to dracula's castle instead have some nice time there it's beautiful he was like i can do that in two minutes with the oculus i don't even need yeah. to leave the house i'm like damn i cannot even fight that one
2: Cause yeah. I, I
0: like, yeah, like this is this is this whole VR thing, and it's probably also my fault because I've been making all these jokes with my VR, my PlayStation VR, and the 3D charts. But anyway, yeah, that's 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 what it is. I just really hope that the sense of community will come back, yep. and um you know, <clears throat> it, it also depends on us, but I also feel like. Because I've seen back in my CXL days, I've seen, you know, like that side of the community, which is the one I joined. But the one I joined right now, the one the, the way, you know, the people are right now that are coming in the community are coming with these yeah. agendas and they're propagating. And they're, they're really like, in my opinion, deteriorating what, you know, you guys built and what we had. It's a very yeah. different world for me. And luckily on Measure Slack. And uh, if you want to join measures, Slack, like, you can find the link, but wait and see if you're gonna be accepted. takes yeah. It takes time. Even I, I got accepted in three months, so there's no preferences. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it's it's. I'm happy that you know at least we have that space, which is not polluated But yeah. what's happening on social media right now? But it, it's a it's shame.
1: Not with that, but it, it there is certainly a lot of like groupthink in measures slack as well, and any private and even Twitter and LinkedIn like it's the, the problem is precisely that like these discussions are allowed to happen unabated which is you know fine they don't need yeah. any limitation or restrictions but like rumors spread like wildfire and people build up these um misconceptions about the platform that yeah. those who know about it can't say anything because of ndas so just yeah. having google um
0: some people from
1: Google, yeah, and they don't have to be like, hey, come on, this is not how it works. They, they can just <laughs> join in those discussions and 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 use regular human interaction skills to explain, like, this is why we developed this. And if you yeah. have other ideas about it, I'd love to hear about it. And I know that there are some, I know that, of course, there are Googlers in measure Slack as well. And they join in some of the discussions, but maybe more around the technical talks, like something is broken, what do I do? And then occasionally you might see a familiar face or two chime in those discussions but the problem is i think that we've now had um such a long time for ga4 to evolve into what it is and without Googleers present in the community communities i don't think they they want to join us anymore because the these communities are now so well established around this idea that ga4 is not adequate or it's broken or it requires more work. I, th- I I think it's quite intimidating to join those. Yeah. So that's why, for example, the De- I think that's one of the reasons I think the DevRel team started a Discord community instead so that they could kind of build something and, and take charge. But while that's a good idea, that was not what I had in mind when I thought about Google should be joining the community efforts. They shouldn't build a community because then it will yeah. be seen as self mode like they're moderating only the good stuff we want them to join us where we are and kind of, yes, there's a lot of work to be done to win the community over at this point, but it's, it's gonna be worth it because if you can win the, if you can get that feedback loop going on with the community, you will be able to build a better tool. I'm, I'm absolutely certain of that and you'll be able to prioritize better.
0: Yeah, and educate, I think educate yeah. people better, that's the thing. Talking about community, we also have a guest today.
1: Yes, my, one of my favorites.
0: Yes, she's so nice. She's like so. Ah, uh, I met her. I met her in person uh, for the first time. I knew her before, but I met, I just met her in person. It, it was. Uh, I think you spoke at JPEG, too, right? Yeah. In uh, in Bucharest. So Years she ago. And, uh, yeah, and she and else were uh, were there. So else called me, and I went there in a the tank top. <laughs> I took a selfie with them. I was so inappropriate and and I went and I took a selfie and I left but before we um introduce our guest and we talk to her simo I think I finally nailed oh yeah f- finally na- nailed order. the ad the ad section in case you don't know what simo is yeah. <laughs> probably if if you just opened the tv right now <laughs> you know that that's the saying if you just opened your tv let's see
1: Yeah, I like it. That's pretty I knew, good. I knew that, this was... that's that's getting closer to my jam. Yeah, it's not perfect. You still have some work to do, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Cool. Yeah, it sounds like a, like a, a, I've been listening to a lot of the, like with my son. We're listening to a lot of like old cartoon intros from the eighties and nineties, like Ducktales and Darkwing Duck and Transformers DuckTales. and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and everything. Oh, yeah. So that sounds like the intro riff to uh, Transformers. anyway yeah Seymour. oh yeah Uh, well we've already talked a lot about Simur, so I don't I don't think I'm gonna say that much more except by the time this episode airs we will have our site published our launch discount might be over I think we're only gonna have it for a couple of weeks and I don't know what Julian is up to with these uh, update (laughs) release schedules Um, but uh, in case in case the launch up launch campaign is already over, then you know I'm sorry, but there was a really cool launch campaign. If it's still active, then go 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 and enjoy it it's fifteen percent off all purchases um, yeah so similar technical technical marketing online courses for people who want to be technical marketers and want to take online courses That's a and, circular argument for you to unravel
0: and 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 if you're watching not watching listening to this all oh, right i
1: forgot that yeah yeah you, you do that this time you do it
0: <laughs> okay so so if you're a, an avid listener of this podcast and you would like very much to get a course from seymour an individual course that is you should go on teamseymour.com and use the coupon code deviate that's d-e-v-i-a-t-e
1: yeah it's not it's <laughs> that's not harder easy. than
0: it sounds yeah yeah uh, and uh, use it uh, at checkout to purchase an individual course. And then make sure after you take the course, you don't give feedback to Seymour because Yeah, it don't give like me it. feedback.
1: And it's minus 10%. That's what the coupon gives. Cool.
0: So teamseymour.com, DV8.
1: Yeah, don't give me feedback and feel free to cancel our meeting anytime. That's, that's <laughs> the rules for interacting with me.
0: Cool. Please give okay. me
1: feedback and please don't cancel. I was just kidding. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Okay. So now our guest today, everyone, is Talia Wolf. She's the founder and CEO of GetUplift. She is an amazing, 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 amazing uh, uh, CRO, optimization, landing page optimization uh, expert. And we are going to get her right now on. Yay. Yay. We are back <laughs> with Talia
1: Wolf. How are you? Good. Welcome How to are you the guys? show we are very very excited about this talk very excited. <laughs> just a, little, a little little <laughs> silence there just for emphasis um so yeah so what what have you been, it's it's been a long time what have you been up to you've been in conferences talking about stuff
2: yeah um i've been at conferences i've been talking about stuff yes um, I, <laughs> been uh growing the agency um working with some awesome clients uh producing more courses um a lot's going on kids um, yeah yeah.
1: i think last last time we talked was uh like live was was years ago and back then i didn't have uh, uh courses i don't think you were doing that much either and now i think there's a lot of stuff going on that we can certainly talk about and and so, talk about Get Uplift first. What are you currently focusing on? Like, what is your major focus? You, you talk about uh, you have courses and training. You of course do uh, um, hire your your for hire. You can do consultancy work, but what is your focus on? What do you want to do with your time? Do what well,
2: do I want to do? What does Get Uplift do? Yes. <laughs> no. What,
1: what do you want to do?
2: Um, you know, Get Uplift itself is focused um, mostly on agency work and consulting. So we're working with a lot of SaaS companies to um, optimize their funnels. And we're doing very, very deep research on their clients and understanding their real intent and desired outcomes and kind of running hundreds of experiments for them when possible. Wow. Um Yeah, it's, it's, it's super fun um, and complex because we used to do a ton of e-commerce and we still do e-commerce because we get to choose but saas has become like our bread and butter um the past yeah. 2 years i'd say um and it's so complex because you have to understand the entire business and it's not just oh let's change this button but it's really mm. understanding pricing and and how you know everything basically so the entire business and their north star and um and on the other hand, what I'm doing a lot of is is training. So I'm doing a lot of training yeah. in my courses, teaching people, speaking on stage, um, and really just focused on um, growing that. And yeah. also, um, I've been thinking for about a year now because I feel like the thinking part is done, and I should actually do something. But I've been for a year now. I've been talking about a book. Like I really want to start writing a book, um, and. That's supposed to start happening in 2024. So I guess maybe in 2025 I'll have a book out. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's. What, what, I'm would, going.
1: what would the book? Is it going to be about uh, emotional marketing? Is it going to be about CRO, lending pages?
2: Um, emotional marketing and the connection cool. to CRO and amplifying a business and, and how it connects to every piece. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Wow.
0: Let's that's, talk a bit about the emotional to. marketing part because I'm excited about this. So for people that yeah. are not, you know, into uh, experimentation and optimization and don't have to deal with emotions and just code, but they want to learn more about that. <laughs> what 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 is emotional marketing?
2: Yeah. So I mean, this is something a process and a methodology I've built over a decade ago and um it was designed out of like this isn't working, what should I do? So I was dabbling with CRO and optimization over I think it's like 12 years ago. Damn. Um, <laughs> and trying to figure out like how to optimize landing pages and whatnot. And you know, changing elements on a button, you know, on a page didn't help. Like, oh let's change this to blue. This is red. Let's, you know, let's remove a step in the funnel. Those elements didn't actually have um Any real results. Um, And in order to really start delivering results for my clients, I wanted to understand, um, you know, how do I do that? And that was when I understood that the most important thing in order to increase conversions is to understand how people make decisions. Because if I can understand how people make decisions, then I can affect their decision making process and help them choose my clients' products and uh, solutions. And that kind of led me down a rabbit hole of identifying you know that essentially all our decision making in life is based on emotion, and every decision mm-hmm. that we make in life is based on emotion. So I went down a rabbit hole, did a ton of research, and started building a methodology to understanding our emotions. So when a client comes to us, we think about their ICPs, their ideal customer profiles, um, and their audience. What are their emotional triggers? What are the emotional reasons? So the the real questions are, why does someone want to buy from us? Not pricing features, product, um, but why? What is going on in their life? What is their challenge? What is their pain? And how do they want to feel after finding a solution? And that goes back to not treating customers as age, geographical location, and gender, or browser and device, but treating them as actual people and not machines. Um, so that's, that's kind of like the overview of emotional marketing, but the idea is once you identify their emotions and their real intent and desired outcome, then it's so much easier to look at a page and go, Oh, this isn't converting because we're saying the wrong thing or we're using the wrong images. This isn't relatable in any way. The user journey makes no sense. Um, and then you can really write copy and design and, and build a whole experience that's based on people's emotions and what they're looking for. So
1: w- would th- would this require like a personalization approach? Like, can you have one copy that suits all these emotional profiles that you're working with? Do you think that's even possible?
2: I think that's such a great question coming from you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I right, mean, I'm <laughs>
1: totally. No, unemotional, finished I finish not, you. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Let's put this. Tell, into me, tell me the technical facts right now.
2: How do I put this into a segment? um to be honest a lot a lot of the times we try to move away from uh personas and profiles and segments we use them all the time when we're testing but the initial work is more around pains. so what we like to do is identify the top three pains that are leading people to the website because what we'll usually find is that those pains they can be segmented into you know john 37 lives in Chicago, blah, blah, blah. Um, but sometimes you'll see that it's over You know, an arching theme of multiple people from multiple places and different kinds of um, people that you wouldn't necessarily segment in that way in like an email or a website. So we start with the pains and you can actually speak to all people um on one page but you don't have to and you can later segment that so when you're doing ads and when you're thinking about personalization you're looking at where people are coming from so what was their google search or what was the ad that they were clicking on in terms of the pain and then you can serve them on a different landing page with different content um, it just gets a little trickier when you're like thinking about a homepage or a pricing page. Yeah. And that's when you want to speak to everyone. And you can do that if you build it the right way and you're building different sections and you're sending people to the right direction. So you can do both.
1: But the the kind of emotional journey with a brand starts so f- long before even they hit the landing page so you you see a brand you see an ad or you see an ad you see uh you do a search you see an organic result or something you hear word of mouth is there any way you can kind of control for those variables as well like if you're just like quote unquote just working on the site and you don't have access to building the ads themselves or the ad copy or the search uh whatever or the facebook organic copies what is there anything you can do with that do you have to work really closely with the agencies who build the ad copies for that emotional um, market to really take its place?
2: Yeah, for sure. But also, I think that the easiest thing to do is look at your traffic sources, right? I mean, if yeah. you understand GA4 and you can actually, you know, use <laughs> that tool. But assuming you can use GA4, you will, which there aren't a lot of people that can do that right now. Um, so assuming you can do that, you would then look at where people are coming from and you would look at the keywords that they're using and you would look at... Mm. why they're coming to the website and what pages they're landing on so even if you don't have that control over well you know i don't control ads and i don't control seo you can still see where people are coming from and you can see what they're landing on if someone's landing on a blog post then they're probably solution aware like they're in the midst of figuring stuff out they're learning they're trying to see what's the right solution for them if someone lands on your pricing page they're most likely product aware or most aware, meaning they're more ready to convert. You can serve them different messages. So you can still use emotional marketing by identifying where they're coming from and what page they're landing on. And again, the homepage is a little trickier because it's like a catch-all and there's a lot of mm. people coming to log in again. So you, you can segment that, Simo. Um, <laughs>
1: I'm, lo- I'm uh, learning so much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um But yeah, I mean, you can use emotional marketing and I think, I think for me, it's it's the best approach, especially when you don't have a lot of data, especially when you don't have a lot of traffic, because if you're going up against the giants around there that have huge Mm. brands and, you know, a huge... um, um, let's say like a huge existence and everyone knows about them. Yeah. It, the way to actually stand out and grab people's attention is to make it about the customer and to make it about their pain and what they need. So when you do that, you stand out. So you can do it in, yeah. in various ways.
1: Just uh, follow up on that with the, with the big brands, like the huge established brands, do you think they actually have a disadvantage here because people have so entrenched opinions and emotions about them? So no matter what you do with them, you know, GA4 is a great example. We're, we're talking about GA4 and Google has a reputation. And so no, yeah. it seems, feels like whatever, whatever they do with GA4 at this point, the emotions that we feel when we use the tool are kind of corrupt already versus… A brand that's not as established, that doesn't have the emotional baggage, that doesn't have the technical debt, that doesn't have the huge sprawling legacy, they could be much more agile with that as well. Do you think to, you know, big brands are established, but are they disadvantaged as well?
2: A hundred percent. I literally just had this um, conversation with a client yesterday. Um, we were talking about their pricing page. And the first thing they do is they open five different tabs and like, look what this company's doing, look what this company's (laughs) doing and all the biggest companies. I'm like, they can do that because everyone knows them and no one gives up about like, they're just going to convert anyway. It doesn't matter anymore. You can't go to these like huge brands and a well-known and say like, but look at what they're doing. They're doing it because they can and they don't care anymore. Like it doesn't actually matter. Um, And I think that the smaller brands they have the agility and the opportunity to test things to change things and to speak to people as people whereas like in larger enterprises there's so much you know politics there's so many silos yeah. there's so many things going on you can't actually leverage it because everyone has mm. like no nope, brand guidelines won't let you do that <laughs> we can't say that word and that makes them, uh, you know, that puts them in a position that even if we would go in there and like do this amazing research and say, look, you're saying this, but you should be saying that, it would take like six months to get out. While I could go to a smaller company and say, you know what, you should be saying this and you should be, yeah. you know, this is the customer journey. And they could turn that over in like two weeks and they're done yes. and they're out and they're standing out. So I think emotional marketing is that Swiss army knife where you can just like do it. And you don't have yeah. to have, you know, a million dollars in your bank to do it. You just have to do the research and actually wow. go to the foundations. That's so true. I know.
1: Liliana, I, have, you're back.
0: I, uh, I have a this leading question. This is dropping truths. Yeah. Bombs. Truth bombs.
1: Truth bombs, for sure. I,
0: I, will, I could name the podcast episode Truth Bombs. I, I'm very good <laughs> at good. podcast name, by the way, with episodes names. Um, yeah. I have a leading question and then I have a... Selfish question. So the leading question is, to my selfish question is, uh, it's like the classic causation versus correlation thing. Like, it's very easy for us to say that females from Detroit that, uh, you know, go to the gym are the best audience. I know those. I know them. I know. (laughs) Versus, (laughs) versus understanding why. People buy. And I think a lot of companies don't want to d- go deeper into the why because it requires a lot of work. And it requires, you know, uh, it's, and, and, and I'm very pissed off. And when I met you and in- Else in Bucharest, if you remember, I was telling you, like, experimentation is not just fucking A B testing, it's also research. It's also all the stuff that you do to define the problem. And this, and the Simo, you might like this. But like, also, when we do research, we also have problem statements. Like we do we do that. We have we, we state problems. So I wanted to ask you, like I have a lot of enterprise clients, which is fun and not fun sometimes, but how do you sell research? And I know this is like how do you sell it? How no, that's help good. me? Help me, help me. Oh my god.
2: There's like so many um pieces to what you just said in like that one sentence because First of all, conversion optimization isn't about changing elements on a page. It's about solving problems. So you have to solve clients' problems. And I think what usually happens for us when we're working with enterprises is that I treat it, and I hope my clients aren't listening to this, but I treat this like (laughs) an emotional targeting research, right? Someone comes with a problem, but then I ask myself, so someone comes in and they're like, we need a real process for CRO. I'm like, okay, but is that the real pain? And then I'm like, okay, what is the emotional trigger for this? Why are they actually reaching out? And usually it's because there's silos in the organization. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've done research and then someone goes, product marketing did something similar last year. I'm like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Where is this? But what's, What's really interesting, I think, with enterprise is that usually the real pains are the silos and the inability to go deep into strategy yeah. because everyone wants to execute and there's backlogs and everyone's like working over these sprints and no one's looking right and left. And they're like, just execute, execute. And it takes like three months to like change a header on a page. Um, So... For us, I think one of the biggest um, selling points is always the idea of let's get everyone on the same page on my end, Mm. because you've got marketing saying one thing, you've got growth saying another thing, you've got your paid media people are talking about something completely different. Product marketing is talking about features no one knows about. You've got customer success that are trying to upsell people with emails that don't match the people we're speaking to. Um, It's, you know, it's not product led. You're speaking to like salespeople have no idea what they're talking about. Mm. So for us, a lot of the times it's talking to those executives in the room and saying, let's get everyone on the same page. Let's actually define Um, And a lot of the times they'll say, well, we have all this. We know who our ICPs are. We know who these like great, fantastic. Give us everything Throw everything at us. Let us see what you have. Let us see what's missing. And then let's not just have the research, but let's translate it into action. Mm -hmm. And that action can be on one hand, it could be like, Um, cards for salespeople. So like, what do you say? Here's the three things that are stopping people from actually converting with you today. Here's what you should say to them on the phone. Or it could be, here are the top messages you should be using in your FAQs, or you should be saying this in email, or you should be doing this when you're doing customer success. So we translate that into, here's the research, but here's the applicable part of it. Now your sales team should watch this video of me explaining. Who these people are yes. why they're not buying from you so for me i'm always attaching it to that and i gotta say the other additional part so you start with okay let's get everyone on the same page because everyone feels the pains of silos mm. then it's let's turn this everything that you have into actual action and the third part is let's look at your competitors they're all mm. doing it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're not necessarily doing it but it's good to, but it's good to say like yeah. oh you see this person is leveraging experimentation this person is leveraging personalization they're doing that yeah. because they did the foundation and like going back to your your original question like no one actually wants to do the research that's because it's so much easier to pull up a heat map and like look, look at all these nice red dots <laughs> it, it's, no one wants to do the actual work but that is an advantage for you because then you can say, Cool, cool, nice heat map. Let's do this. Let me ask people just this one question. Let me just interview five people. That little piece really helps to kind of weave through everything and bring everyone together. But yeah, silos. I mean, we've got client, we've got a client we've been working with for two years, an enterprise that we you you get in more and more into the business and they're like i'm Mm. meeting new people they're all doing similar research they don't know that we did the research Mm. there's a lot of
1: but those are like organization politics as well and you it's sometimes it's just impossible to fight with them i have like that really, really resonates with me because I've one thing that I've always believed in is like the fluency of communication within our organization. It just fixes everything. Like if people talk to each other and they have transparency and they have sh- knowledge sharing practices and everybody knows what was done over there and what was done over there, things work better. And the one success that I had working with these super monolithic old organizations was not try to change the organization overnight, but take a small part of it turn that into a perfect machine and then do a case study and scale that out you know we we managed to do this with the digital sales team let's try it with the digital product team next let's try it with marketing then then we can go upwards in the echelons so it was like um i i completely understand the pain points and i can even imagine that we were working with analytics which is kind of black and white it's it's engineering it's tech it's very much technical implementation work i can even imagine that We were having tough discussions. I can imagine what they would have been like if we talk about research and personas and qualitative stuff. The discussions would have been even more complicated.
2: There's a lot of opinions. And for us, when we come in as an experimentation arm, when you come out and say, what you're doing right now isn't good, you know, here's what you should be doing. You're hurting a Mm. lot of people. You're bruising a lot of egos. The designer, the copywriter, the content person, the person that ran the ads, the CMO, like everyone feels that it makes them look bad so a lot of my work I we call ourselves a psychologist because ultimately Mm. a lot of the work is just amplifying your clients and showing them that it's not us we're just showing you the way you can still do it I'm just showing you how to do it in a better way um but yeah
1: that's a that's a yeah I love that point because it's so easy to you never know what the baggage is you're up against. Like you can say the most self-evident thing to you as an expert. Like you can immediately, when you land on a site and you see that there's something wrong with it, you can say it immediately. You have to fix this. Well, they might have, you know, 10 years of reasons why they have it like that. And you don't know what that reason is. And so you'll be insulting people. You'll be obstructing organization politics. So I, I think it's a good idea to do that. The psychologist aspect is really good. So you first have to kind of probe their minds and see what's ticking, making them tick and what the, Underlying reasons are before you assert yourself. Um, and maybe by kind of win them over first before becoming the stern.
0: Yeah. Kind of Not f- emotional targeting. Very elegant, yeah. But it's exactly. very elegant, unlike us when we see a Google Tag Manager container with 356 tags. I have no business of being there and start talking shit. What is this?
1: Hey, I have a great example of that. I, I, I was, uh, had a, had a, uh, somebody in, in, in Measure Slack ask me for help and I asked for access to their container and they gave it to me and I, I looked like, this is like the worst shit I've ever seen. And then I started looking who did this and like two years ago, it was me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh
1: my God, it, was my, it was my shit. yeah so that was like that was the worst self-own ever i'm really happy i didn't make a fuss about it i just kind of i i just (laughs) seethe inside and then i fixed it um
0: oh my god yeah so
1: anyway that can happen too so it's it's always good like before you start pointing fingers is to kind of look at the situation try to understand why we are in this place before kind of asserting yourself as the the,
0: one thing also we're no, just this is excited, getting messy. Yulian, Yulian, yeah, now. Will, Yulian, now. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. You can go, and I'll go after. I will. Edit. I had a I'm really a stupid interjection.
1: We, we can cut this out, but I, I had a really, I had an interjection. I'll, I'll say it later because I have something I want to congratulate Talia about. But yeah. We can do that. Later. Well, Talia, one thing I want to say is, and you, you said this in a, a completely in passing, but just being the kind of nerd that I am, I picked it up. But nobody does this. But you said conversion optimization, but you didn't say conversion rate optimization, and that's like a hat tip to you because I hate that term. Yeah. Like we don't optimize rates; we optimize processes. And and conversion rate optimization was always like the biggest Goodhart's law fail in the world. Like, if Agreed. you're optimizing metrics, you're just screwing things up. Is this a conscious choice? Because I see in your copy, you're doing that as well. That's a yeah, really really hard good hard thing to, to start hard.
2: pushing. <laughs> like I'm. I think it, it's yeah it's a conscious choice i'm not going to get into it too much but yeah it's it's um i'm really i have a lot of conversations about this when i'm trying to explain to a lot of companies where they see cro um mm. experimentation as a tactic so they view it as like yeah. oh if we want to do this then we can do some ppc we can do some seo we can do some cro but <laughs> when i think about it and I, and you do too. I know this because we've had this conversation. And many people, you know, very smart people around me understand that experimentation isn't a tactic. It's the way you should mm-hmm. be doing, like leading your entire company.
0: Mm-hmm. The
2: entire business should be around experimentation, and it all starts and ends with that. So it's what I mean by that is that it's not about changing elements, which is what I said before. It's experimentation can be on all so many levels of conversion optimization. Ultimately, you're trying to get more sales. You're trying to, you know, retain customers. Um, there's just so many pieces to it. And it's not just, okay, let's, let's run a test. Or as you were saying, Juliana, Juliana um, it's not, you know, just A-B testing. When I say experimentation yep. or when I say CRO, I'm thinking about everything, like mm. heuristics analysis and research and speaking to people and yeah. all that good stuff
0: it's 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 so hard to um to deal with this because it happens to me and I I made like a sort of a post about this the other day I rant a lot on LinkedIn we'll get fired at some point for it I know it but it's it's fine but um it's what pisses me off a lot because I have clients uh that follow different people on social media and then they yeah. come to me and say I saw this test and I think we should do it too and I'm like, who did you see this? Where did you find this? Or like another t- oh, I have a great question for you. Sorry, ADHD. I have a great question for you. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Okay, so I um oh, there's a lot of hype be...
1: now. There's a lot of building
0: here. <laughs> what is the question? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell okay, me the okay. question. Okay, so the question is this Would, do you agree with ROI calculation for uh, tests? Because I, I think it's such a bad way to train. Thank you. I really appreciate that you don't agree with it. Okay. Can, so we, can I, we just I, like end it here? <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to
1: Let's get bummers <laughs> out.
0: No, no, but listen. So I have issues. I, I had the specific. Oh, I, can I talk about this? Okay. So yes. let's just say you are. A company uh, that are, is selling something, and you you know you have a, a, a an optimization person that works for you and helps you, and says, "Hey, company, don't use this red banner on the on the landing page because it's accessible. It's an accessibility issue. It interrupts the scroll. There's a lot of things for why you shouldn't use this red banner." And then the client says. Well, you know, like I need to see an ROI if I make the change of the banner. But the problem is that yes. So the problem is that there's a. Oh, I'm gonna have to edit this. Okay. So the problem is that there's a lot of agencies and people on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on everywhere that are promo promoting. An ROI calculation for A/B testing. And A/B testing—it's an instrument of learning. It's a tool of learning. It's mm. not a tool of revenue. Of course, it would lead to revenue. It would lead with changes. It would lead to innovation. But I see so many people that are promoting this ROI calculation, and it's driving me fucking insane. So, what so are your thoughts on that? I'm sorry, I have I have so many thoughts. First of all, <laughs> I, I'll say <laughs> that if you, when you subscribe
2: to my email. Uh, list. The first email you get from me, the first email is best practices suck. That's, that's how, Mm. that's like the, that's my opening thing. I, I cannot. Yeah. That's a whole topic. So anyone who says to me, but that person or I saw this, I'm like, Nope, I don't want to hear it. Is it based on your customers? Is it based on your research? Is it specific to your audience? Is this going to help? So no. Um, Here's my thing about like ROI calculations and stuff. I mean, yes, there's a lot of people on LinkedIn ugh, that are do that have time for LinkedIn. I'm so sorry. I don't have time for LinkedIn. It's terrible. I have someone doing LinkedIn, which is great. But <clears throat> there's also a lot of people that are offering CRO services for 2K a month. You know, that's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do want to say is I think it's just... A matter of shifting the conversation. Because again, it goes back to what is experimentation? What is CRO? What are you trying to achieve? Again, we work with various different companies, and a lot of the time we'll run an experiment, and the variant will, you know, not outperform. So control will outperform. Okay. And then we'll have a series of questions that we would ask ourselves: Was this change strategic? If it doesn't lead to immediate conversions, could it lead in addition? What other things could we add to it in order to do it? And how, you know, how better did control perform? Because a lot of the times you'll see that it's exactly the same or mm. that, okay, control performs a little bit more, but there's strategic thinking behind this change that is worth the change and doesn't immediately show you ROI, as you were saying, but could in the future. So for example... Um, Removing a red banner or removing a carousel, you know, from your header and the homepage might not immediately improve conversions, but it will increase your customer journey. It will get more people, for example, in page depth going forward because now they can see what they actually need to click on and they can go to the next pages. So you get more people visiting more pages. Um, We recently did a menu test, a navigation test for one of our SaaS clients. we didn't see any increase in conversions we changed the whole navigation but we did see a huge increase in people going where we want them to go they were actually going to the p- to the pages so that was a strategic change we were like this is worth keeping because they're going where we want to go we can optimize the next pages we can work on optimizing additional things in navigation to increase conversions but ultimately we got what we wanted which is getting people to you know, read the content that we want them to read and get to the pages we want to, and then we can optimize those. So I just think when you add a a calculation to that kind of thing, you're doing it on a superficial level and you're not looking at the business, which is what CRO is about. Conversion optimization is about, I opened with this, right? This is what I said, like a whole business thing. You have to think about the whole business and understanding it. It's not a metric.
1: Can I Kind of try to push back a little on that, because yeah. I'm, I'm I'm thinking of a, how do you prevent it from turning into a, when your tests are successful, it's because it was good test design and you were really good at it, and when they are not successful, it was because you had an even better conversion in mind down the road that just wasn't displayed by the test. How do you prevent that from becoming like? A, or or let me, I don't want to put you in that. Maybe put maybe turn like this. Do you ever when you have a successful experiment? Do you ever consider that as well like in addition for the experiment being good they also went further into the pages or are you more motivated to look for those secondary goals when the test fails versus when it's successful
2: we're always looking at all the all the goals we're looking at the main goals and we're looking at secondary goals um as an example we ran a pricing page test Um, for one of our SaaS clients lately and we saw uh, conversions go up dramatically and we were like this is incredible but I actually asked um, before before we push it in before we push this change to 100% of the traffic I wanted to see what plans people were were choosing and what I noticed was that yes more people were converting but they were choosing the starter plan and not the plan so Mm. a lot of people used to choose the more advanced plan and we're paying more yeah. when now choosing the starter so then i said let's pause this for a second let's have a conversation what is our real goal do we want to just have more yeah. conversions or do we want to have more revenue and that is a conversation we need to have so should we push this and then optimize with email and get them you know upsell them or do we lose a big piece by saying well there's more you know monthly you know mqls now but less pqls so it just really depends on what you are measuring as a company. And I totally agree with you. You don't want to get into a point where like, well, it failed, but we saw <laughs> on the secondary page that it's okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's not what I meant. So thanks for calling me out on that for sure. My My main thing was more to say that it's not so straightforward yeah. and you can't just look at a metric as like, yes or no but you need to be looking at the whole user experience, which yeah. is why I mentioned the pricing page experiment, because ultimately we decided to revert back and try something different because we wanted more people to choose the advance and the yearly plan. And what we ended up doing is, yes, more starter plans, but also monthly. So they're more likely to cancel. So there's 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 layers to it, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And it, it also means that you can't do experimentation in a vacuum. Like if you're only looking at, Google Optimizer, rest in peace soon, but whatever you're using, if you're just looking at that, because that's where you write your conversions to and that's where you'll get the data. If you're just looking at that, you're only looking at a very single tunnel vision look at your experiments. But if you export that data to analytics or whatever analytics tool you use and you start building those segments, then you can look at the entire journey. So I think that just elevates the importance because no one gets experiment design right on the first try. They have to look beyond like, they have to learn about it. Um, and yeah. again, it boils down to understanding how, what makes the company tick and what its users are, the emotional marketing that, is all drawn back to this.
0: Yeah. Because people lack context and they are just trying to plaster stuff that they, I was saying this just because somebody said it on LinkedIn that you should do this doesn't mean you should do it. You have to understand the context because no, it strategy, means that you
1: never should do it. If someone says it, you
0: should do. never. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. everything yeah. is, everything is just a great, you see a comment yes. on something like, Nope. Yes. <laughs> 100%. Unless it's yeah. from Juliana or Simo. Exactly. Or Talia. <laughs> well, and Talia. I'm, I'm, when yeah, when really she was <laughs> LinkedIn. <laughs> it's
1: it's no, not well, Talia, yeah. it's her double.
0: And also yeah. one thing one thing with testing is also like sometimes You don't, the conversion is not necessarily tied to revenue. It's just you want to improve user experience. You want to make sure that people have the ability of doing what you want them to do. And like, this is a a thing that I remember if I was telling you and else that I was always, you know, not talking about UX and usability because like it's not as fashionable as, you know, testing and getting all these wins and whatever. And I had Kelly Wortham that told me to please stop, never say that. Because you said you're disrespecting that's people a, that work into this. thing. That's yeah, a
2: gender We get into this yeah. conversation because that's like marketer versus growth marketer. And that's like, yeah. it's sexy to talk about metrics, but it's not sexy to talk about emotion. The first time I got mm-hmm. on stage, there were 1400 people on stage and there was a guy that was on before me and he was talking data and stats and whatever. And someone asked me, someone left a comment in the like Slido thing. I was like, Typical, a woman talking about emotion. And I was like,
1: "Yeah, Oh, man, really? Out. Oh, <laughs> that's know. stupid.
2: What, what? what? <laughs> but this But this is a gender thing. So we're not going to get into that rabbit hole. But yes, UX. No, let's get into and, that if and, you want. No, but like UX that. and stuff ahead. is is not as sexy as like GTM. Let's
0: talk about <laughs>
2: recommendations.
0: We'll go, and not... Go-to-market, <laughs> not Google Tag Manager, right?
2: I or, feel or, or, so cold or... out
1: here.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> no,
1: no, I get it. No, no, no. Don't no worry.
0: It's just, yeah, it's very hard. And like, because again, like what I'm pissed off is just, um, there has to be some sort of curating all this content because people come into this industry or have been into this industry and still have to deal with people being exposed to all sorts of crap. And then they want to do that. And you explain to them that, hey this doesn't make sense you know like maybe let's do research and see if this fits and then you're already dead because they want to test a video every time Mm -hmm. every time
2: you say that this is uh, so this just reminds me of xkcd where he has the little thing where (laughs) his wife says to him are you coming to bed and he goes someone's wrong on the internet (laughs) Exactly. no my god yeah someone's wrong on the internet like this is, yeah. you know, as as a case as old as time, people talk oh, shit on online mm-hmm. and the people that are actually doing the work are busy doing the work and that's fine. Yeah. I mean, ultimately I think this is, that's, that's the way of it, right? There's people that yeah. talk and there's people that do mm-hmm. the work and I'm always happy to learn from people and, and read about interesting things. But I think if you if you really care about experimentation if you really care about conversion optimization you need to be thinking about the strategy and you need to be thinking about the foundations of yep. things versus just going to your comfort zone which is metrics and measurements mm. and segmentation and i mean segmentation in like a very tactical mm. way um you need to be comfortable going you know stepping out of your comfort zone And thinking about who are you actually serving, you know what are the real problems that you're trying to solve? What are the desired outcomes of these people, and how can you help them? Because your role is to Mm. actually help them achieve their goals.
1: Yeah, and and like like, let's call us. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Where's that website? But also, let's 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 call a spade a spade. Like if if you looking at data and doing metrics and building segments and building reports, you're not doing growth marketing. You're not doing, you're not doing advisory work. You're not doing strategy. You're, you're looking at metrics and building reports. And that's yeah. a completely fine thing to do, but just don't claim that it's the same thing as interacting with companies that are trying to build their products and services. You're, exactly. you're literally building reports. You're not doing actual analysis or growth marketing. So I think that's also where the, it's, <laughs> we have to go to this a bit because for me, it's always been so easy to hide behind the numbers and just work and just type stuff because that I don't have to tackle the super complicated questions of human interaction and organizational legacies and, and growth pains. And I'm like, I'm so, I have such an incredible respect for both of you because you're doing this stuff and I can just enjoy hiding behind the numbers, but I would never ever have the balls to claim that what I'm doing is somehow comparable in the way that, the goals that we are looking for I, we are com- completely different goals so this idea that you know when women talk about emotional marketing well that's that's flawed on so many levels but it's also flawed in that i am com- implicitly comparing that my work with data is somehow the same thing which it isn't it answers a completely different question
2: people are more comfortable with like specific like just give me a metric just give me a number give yeah. me something i can go with and i think that's you know it's it's life right people don't want mm. uncertainty qualitative data ultimately is here's our best analysis of everything that we've learned online and it's an educated guess and we're going to mm. test it now and we're going to see how it's working versus this is a metric we're seeing these numbers and it's easier and and i don't necessarily agree with you simon because i really see and you and i have had these conversations over the years where you really do see human interaction you really do think Mm. about it and you care about it um so in in no way am i talking about you in this way i just think that a lot of people hide behind the Mm. numbers because they don't they're unable to even see the importance
0: of the Mm. people um and yeah. Those so people I, are not necessarily in data. they're people in conversion optimization, right yes and that, yeah. that that's and I know funny. exactly what you're talking about and who are the people who are the people by the way that are incredible?
2: They're the people that understand human interaction and can do data because when mm. I hire analysts, data analysts and and the technical people, I don't look for technical skills that I can send them to a course. I don't care about that. I love mm. to see, are they asking the business questions? Are they asking yeah. human questions? Are they thinking about the people behind the screen? How to pull a report in GA4? Well, there's enough courses in that. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 not a thing. So I think in every single person that you hire and you think about, ultimately you want to hear them talking about the people and you want to hear them talking about human interaction. Everything
0: else can be taught and yeah. learned.
2: And, yeah. yeah. That's so true. And
0: if they want to so, learn more, they can sign up to your newsletter, right? For sure. <laughs> Thanks for the plug.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is how this is how affiliate marketing works, folks. You 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 don't see the envelope passing from one person to the next after this talk. <laughs> so Talia, this has been. So, such a fascinating discussion, and um, as always, feeling humbled by all the stuff that we learn and 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 get to reevaluate about ourselves when we talk with you. Um, we are going to start wrapping up. Where where can people find you? We
2: have a blog on getuplift.co. Co. There's um, so many resources, so many free guides. I'm um, someone said this to me uh, the other day, like you give out so much free content. I'm like, yeah, I just want people to get better. Um, so we have like so many guides and so much content. For days to come. So please go download, enjoy. Um, you can also interact with me on Twitter, um, which is Talia GW. Um, and we have a Facebook group called We Optimize, um, which you can also join if you're into Facebook. I'm there. Uh, yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and your, your newsletter. And your newsletter. And your newsletter. Yes. Well, when you, when you go to our blog, you can sign up to the newsletter. And if you try and download anything, you have to sign up. So you will definitely subscribe. We have a free email course that teaches you emotional marketing. And yeah, but please join my newsletter,
1: I'm sure. And if you have a chance of catching Talia live on stage, it's always worth it. So take a look at the conferences. Do you have a list of uh, speaking engagements somewhere? or
2: Your next ones? no i don't i should probably put one together Mm -hmm. this Um, is a
1: this is a this is a tip it might help people who are emotionally (laughs) looking for your speaking engagements so i I I can optimize your
2: yeah i on speaking so i need to yeah i mean i have a few coming up um i might be going to mexico so that's gonna be fun Um, but yeah uh, london and berlin and sweden
0: maybe we'll see Um, oh nice sounds good I'll post stuff on that. Cool. Thank you well, so thank much you for so joining much. us. Yeah. yeah. This was fun. And uh, you can see me and Simo are fighting over you right now. So there you yeah. go.
1: Yeah. We're jinxing all the time. Talking, overlapping <laughs> talk. That's, we have, yeah, we have cool. to, we have to kind of, we have to get like a razor. No, we don't actually. This is perfect. This, this is perfect the way it this, is. We're not going to optimize real this
0: conversation. Anymore.
2: It is. Actually, it's it's both, You both start at the same time, and you want to talk about the same things. So that shows how in sync yeah. you are, and you're like in the same mind yeah. space. It's lovely.
0: We have yeah. similar birthdays, right, Simo? We do. I think so. Yeah. July. Just yeah. me. July I can be the 16. triangle. I'll be the third. So like. I
2: think oh, you know, that so would so be cool.
1: On- yeah. Season three, Talia Wolf joins us as a co-host. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I want to do that.
1: <laughs> I wasn't joking. We're yeah. We're for sure. July now the writing's on the wall now the writing's on the wall now
2: i'm in in. cool yes
1: perfect we have another host hey we got to start wrapping up thank you so much for joining us take care and talk to you soon